Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. Podcast. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Happy Monday. Hopefully, it's a great start off to your week. We have a great guest today. We have Bob LaChance. Bob LaChance was a guy who was behind a lot of the big companies you guys might not even realize. He's one of the original members of Fortune Builders. He's put together multiple successful real estate coaching and business coaching programs. Since then, he was the owner of Reba Global, who is one of the best and most well known and established virtual assistant companies out there for entrepreneurs and real estate investors. You would be absolutely amazed at some of the things that they offer and some of the things you can. Delegate out to virtual assistants, which if you have not looked into this option, you will be pleasantly surprised at how far along they've come as far as communications and tools, even just the different languages and the, the fluency of the communication and the English language and everything. It's it's really changed a lot. They offer a lot of really great services and a lot of great options, not only for real estate investors, but for different businesses. So I myself had a lot of preconceived notions and reasons why I was not looking towards virtual assistants for a lot of prior experiences. And because of it being so hard to hire lately, I decided to give it another look. And I wound up kind of linking up with Bob and realizing that we had a lot of similar connections and a very similar background story and found out that he was a professional hockey player, played for the St. Louis Blues, is now absolutely crushing real estate. has been invested since 2004, done over 800 deals, and uh, just really understands what it takes to be successful in anything from athletics to building a business on the, uh, on the student side, on the operator side, on the real estate education and coaching side how to be a good mentor, how to be a good student, how to be a good mentee. But we cover a lot of different things here, just as far as mindset, KPIs, what to study, where to start if you don't even know where to start, what you should be using, how he's using different VAs, how he's building his business, how he scales his business, what's important, how to prioritize, lessons learned from his successes and failures, and so, so much more. So great guy, super easy to talk to. Felt like I've known him forever. Uh, really great to connect. Definitely check him out. We have a affiliate link. If you go to nakednick.com slash links under affiliates, you will see the new link. If you're interested in having a conversation to see about using Reva Global or figuring out what they can do to help you in your business, whether you are a jujitsu gym owner, if you are a looking to beef up your social media, if you're looking just to do some outsourcing for some of this stuff for you as a real estate agent, as a real estate broker, if you have a private business, if you're an entrepreneur on any level, you can figure out ways that you can implement Riva Global and some of their virtual assistants as a part-time or full-time or hourly basis to help get your time back and explode your business. So nicknick.com slash links, check it out. And while you're there, definitely reach out to the sponsor of this podcast, Nationwide Business Capital Group. You will see a direct link to contact Marianne and just say, hey, I listened to the A-Game podcast. I need some money. What do I have to do to get real estate going and get some funds from you to get going with my deals. There is no such thing as a dumb question. If you're new and you have no experience, just tell her that. It's totally okay. She's one of their most creative and open and honest lenders out there that will help you figure out how to get started, where to get started, and what they can do. And if you are experienced and you already have lenders, definitely reach out to her as well because she has very competitive rates and terms to give you more money, cheaper money, easier money, and faster money. So definitely reach out to her. Let her know that the A-Game Podcast sent you over. And while you were on nicknicknick.com slash links, definitely subscribe to this podcast. It is available pretty much everywhere I know that you can get podcasts. You can watch these episodes on YouTube. Please jump over there and subscribe. We have clips on there. We have full episodes on. There's all kinds of different stuff. Uh, links in the show notes to all the ways to connect with this guest and past guests. And as well as if you're looking for a free checklist on how to bring more values to your buyers, don't forget to go, whether you're a real estate agent, broker, or wholesaler, to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets to get your free checklist on how to bring more value to your buyers. I also want to say congratulations to Brandon Turner, who is stepping away from the Bigger Pockets podcast to chase some of the things he's been doing with his private real estate company, Open Door Capital, the fund that he has been acquiring a massive amount of mobile home parks and multifamily units in the last uh, couple of years. So he's done a ton of, th of, of great things with Bigger Pockets, with that community, with that podcast, helping out on mine and him and David Green have just been doing really amazing things over there. So thank you for all the stuff that you've done over the years, Brandon Turner, and good luck on all your future endeavors. And I I hope from what we've been talking about, it looks like there's going to be a lot more jujitsu in your future as well, which I think will definitely help your business and uh, definitely keep supporting Bigger Pockets and David Green, who's a friend of the show and a good dude. And again, 
real estate entrepreneur, jujitsu practitioner, all around good guys. So definitely like those guys. And again, last but certainly not least, reach out to me on any and all platforms via nickandnick.com slash links or email me podcast at nickandnick.com and let's get you into some real estate. It's the end of the year. I have multifamily properties. I have mobile home parks. We have opportunities that you can buy properties from me. You can sell properties to me. We can partner up on deals. We can figure out a way. Um, we're definitely going to ramp things up and uh, and just really make this a, a big bang for the end of the year and the beginning of the year. So if you would like to be a part of that, reach out to me directly. If you've reached out and I have not responded, please just do it again. I got so overwhelmed with responses and stuff. It's been very hard to track them and keep them up. I'm working on that. Thank you for your patience. Have a great day. Check out River Global. Check out Bobo Chance. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Let's finish the year strong A-game podcast. Thank you for listening. My guest today on the A-game podcast is a nationally recognized speaker, mentor, and trainer. He specializes in building automation through outsourcing. He is a former hockey player at Boston University and played professionally for the St. Louis Blues. He's a full-time real investor in state investor since 2004, now boasting over 800 transactions and counting. Owner of Riva Global LLC, focusing on offering trained virtual assistance for real estate professionals. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast. Bob Chance. Nick, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I, I'll, I'll clean up that intro. It's usually my uh, my strongest point for week one today. I'm starting <laughs> off on a Monday, a little light, but how's it going, man? I appreciate you being here. You have an incredible story. You know, as we started touching on a little bit earlier, we we touched base because of the virtual assistant side of stuff, but I love talking to athletes that transfer over into real estate because I find there's a lot of parallels behind the discipline and the work ethic and just the mindset of people that play, especially on a professional level and take that into business. So I'd love to hear a little bit just about your backstory for people who aren't hundred percent familiar with you yet. Yeah, for sure. So basically you like when you get beat up in business, right? Just like you get, you get your butt kicked back in the, uh, in the hockey rink, but a little two second uh, rundown. Like you said, I went to Boston University from 92, 96, which tells everyone my age, but um, <laughs> those four years is actually really fun. We had uh, with some very good teams. We won the national championship one year. Uh, the year before we won the national championship, we got the, the crap kicked out of us 9-1 on national TV on ESPN. So that was a very humbling experience. However, you know, a lot of parallels, like you said, from, you know, going from any type of sporting uh, world to business world, which is a hey, part of the game, right? Um, so anyway, when I left school, I left school two classes before getting my degree, which is the reason why I'm a, I'm a real estate investor, because there's zero, there's absolutely zero barriers of entry to get into the real estate game, which is one of the, the beauties of being a real estate investor or whatever part of real estate you're in. Um, so anyway, I signed a contract, two-year contract with St. Louis Blues, like you said. Um, I played in their minor league system for two years, two more years here, and then four more years in Europe. And then uh, I had a decision whether I was going to go back to school, finish those two years, or um, jump into an industry that had, like I said, zero barriers of entry. So uh, I chose not to go back to school <laughs> and uh, jumped into real estate. So this is back in 2004. That's awesome, man. So when that happened, did you have other teammates or coaches or people in your life that you saw doing well in real estate? Like, what was it that caught your eye there that made you say, that's going to be my plan B, which I guess will now become my plan A? Yeah, uh, I had nobody. My father was a contractor growing up, uh, but he was he struggled a little bit being a contractor back late 80s. Obviously, you know what happened late 80s and then 90s. And so he was doing well, you know, kind of wasn't doing well, etc. So I learned a little bit on that side of it, on the contracting side. But for me personally, I was in Europe for the last four years and I knew no real estate investors. I knew any, I, I didn't know anybody in any business. I mean, think about this. You're, you know, any athlete out there, typically you're sitting in a locker room and you're not really talking about, hey, this is going to be life after life after hockey. You want to do this? I just uh, started reading books. Um, I read probably like 99% of the individuals that listen to your podcast. Rich Dad Poor Dad got me in the game um, and got my interest in uh I decided, you know what, instead of going back to school, uh, here's one of the things. If I did get my degree, and this is one of the biggest factors, if I got my degree, um, I probably would have gotten to sales and it would have been very difficult then moving out of there into an entrepreneurial world. I was married, had a kid at the time. So if I didn't start in the real estate game, it would have been that much more challenging to move out of there because in sales, my wife was in medical sales, pharmaceutical sales. So it would have been an easy transition for me to jump into that industry and get caught up in there. So um, that's why I decided to uh, jump into real estate right away. That's awesome, man. So how did your yeah. business initially look when you started it? And then I guess a, a follow-up question to that is obviously yeah. starting in 2004, you did invest through the crash, which 
I always find interesting because there's a lot of guys out there, especially, you know, on the, the real estate education side that are out there now and they have their courses and their seminars and their social media, but they've only been investing for like two or three years. And they don't really understand that not everything you buy just keeps going up double the price every year. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what your business looked like then. And then a little bit of how it looks now. Yeah, my business, it wasn't really a business. I, I got, I got pretty lucky in my first deal just started, uh, I didn't say this before, but I bought a course uh, and I always give Dave Wisnett a shout out because, hey, you know, I, I'm a huge, you know, it's kind of funny when I went to school, I didn't, I didn't really uh, look at education as something that you needed. However, out of school and in business, education is the first thing that you need. So it's kind of <laughs> funny how that works, right? And the older you get, you understand and, and, you, and you actually appreciate what education could give you. But um, just taking a step back, uh, just started farming areas, uh, made a couple offers. Uh, there was a property that was beat up, you know, you drive by, drive up and down neighborhoods and you know, if the, the roof is beat up, the uh, lawn's overgrown, all that kind of good stuff that everyone learns. Um, there's a property that was listed. Uh, so I made, actually called the agent, made an offer. Uh, property was listed for 185, this is back in 2004. Um, I made an offer at 135 and they accepted it. And uh, right then and there, I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I don't know what the hell is, you know, I'm, rehab I'm a rehabber now. I, I don't have any crews. I have limited amount of money put away. Like, I didn't know anything about the game. I didn't know what insurance was. I didn't know anything. Uh, but I ended up putting it all together, uh, made 32 grand in, in two months, which is pretty cool. Uh, but I also realized I had zero systems. I didn't know what marketing was. I didn't know what acquisitions was. I didn't know anything. So I uh, joined my local reader group um, and uh, I met a bunch of different people. I saw pre-foreclosure speakers speak and uh, right then and there, I wasn't a rehabber anymore. Now I'm a pre-foreclosure dude, right? <laughs> so, so I looked around and I asked everybody in the reader group, I said, hey, listen, who's the best in Connecticut? And they all pointed to the same guy. His name was Pat Precourt, um, good buddy of mine. I was, ended up being partners with him for 10 years, um, went up to him shook his hand and said, Pat, you have no idea who I am. I'm not asking for anything, but do you have any, any openings uh, open in your business? I'm not asking for a paycheck at all. I'll earn my keep. Uh, so he said, yep, actually I am um, looking for a door knocker. So I'm like, all right. So I door knocked for a year from 10 AM to 3 PM, Monday through Friday. Um, I would come home, I would skip trade. So he would give me a list of pre-foreclosure properties, uh, properties that were either over debted or someone was behind on their mortgage. So those are, those are the targeted uh, lists that I actually dialed. So I knocked, or I didn't dial, I knocked on doors. <laughs> I would come home and then I would skip trace. I'd go to 411.com, look for a uh, phone number and then I would hammer the phones until dinner time. And then my wife would get on me and then I would have to you know, do some family time. But that's what I did for a year. That's incredible, man. And that, that's yeah. a, I think it, it, it hits a lot of the cliches, but I find myself saying them a lot, but they're absolutely true of, being willing to do what other people won't to get what other people don't have. And a lot of people wouldn't be willing to go knock on doors and then skip trace stuff. You know, I know Pat Precourt is a, uh, he's now a jujitsu and MMA guy too. So actually <laughs> right. talking to him a little bit more too, but his name comes up, but that resiliency and that tenacity to go do that, I'm sure at the time wasn't ideally like the glory thing that you, you pictured yourself doing, but yeah. you know, transitioning into what you do now with training other people to do systems for investors, how important was that initial hands-on experience to building Riva Global. Yeah, you know what? Um, I'll be honest with you, door knocking sucks. Like to be, <laughs> to be frank with it. I mean, it's not, it's not fun. I mean, you, you know that you're going up to somebody you have never met in your life. You're knocking on a door, see if they're willing to sell their house. Like that's really what you're doing. Cold door knocking. Um, but my whole mindset was I need to learn this business from ground up. And this is the, the short sale world, pre-foreclosure world. My whole thought process was if I learn everything from ground up, then I'll be able to run a business. You got to realize I wasn't partners with Pat yet. Um, I earned actually a partnership with him. So my thought process was I'm going to go underneath, um, you know, Pat's wing, but I got to learn everything from ground up. So what happened was after a year, I took myself out of that role and I went to the negotiating seat. So Pat would also train me on how to negotiate short sales. And I brought on another door knocker underneath me. So to, to exactly what you said, your point is, um, for me, if I'm going to train somebody, I have to actually go through it, right? Um, because tra training is tough. Training takes a long time. It's a pain in the butt again, but it's part of the necessary evil to looking at the big picture of, of running businesses. So, 
I think that's incredible, man. And, you know, one of the things you said that I think is, is super interesting that I never thought of is I did hate school. I love college, but not for the education side of it. Yeah. But, you know, fast forwarding that, you're absolutely right. I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in education. And, and it's almost the opposite problem. You know, my partner's yeah. always like, stop buying so many courses. And I'm always like, but there's so much to learn. You know, and you realize at that point that like when you you think you're doing good and then you see all these other things. And like you said, just before closures, you're just negotiating all those pieces itself could be an entire business to just spend the next 10 years learning. So, you know, it's exciting and overwhelming at the same time. But one of the things you said, I go back and forth with, as I talk to successful people, you mentioned that you, you got that leg down, you kind of mastered it. And then you went out because you needed to understand the business from the ground up. And I literally just had this conversation with another entrepreneur. I feel the same way. Other entrepreneurs I talk to, they go, you don't need to learn about what the business is doing or the ins and outs of it. You just hire somebody and they'll get it out. But what I've seen is from running a business that went from almost nothing to a $100 million company that didn't take the time to learn the steps in between and get the foundation, they didn't even realize what wasn't working and what systems weren't going and who wasn't doing their job and where that money was going. And now when that ship is already sailing, you have holes in that boat. So there's two sides of that. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because yes, you do have to scale and you do have to step away. But I feel like without learning the ins and outs of each battle station, so I can look back and train somebody properly on what to look for when things go good and when things go bad, I don't feel comfortable with that. But I know there's people that run businesses like that successfully. Yep, it, but you, you nailed it before. It's, it's you know, individuals started the business two years ago. Now they have a coaching program, right? <laughs> they, they don't really understand. You do not understand the business. And, and what we do, it's, I look at it as a marathon right? You learn something today, you get beat up, you get back up, you build on it. It takes time. There's no, you know, there's no get rich anything in real estate investing. Yeah, you may have started two years ago and you're killing it on wholesaling, but promise me that will change and you won't be educated on the other stuff. We were talking about virtual uh, rehabbing and virtual fix and flip before we jumped on this call. You had that experience before everybody else, right? But you went out there. I guarantee it wasn't easy at the beginning building virtual teams, right? I mean, Not at all. yeah, but you, you went through that pain to get through that. And now you're extremely good at it. Now I'm, I'm looking at your website. Now you're selling properties, you're buying properties, you do partner stuff, you, you have different opportunities, right? You don't, you, you, you don't start there, right? You start at a, at a level that's door knocking as an example, or you have to start somewhere and you have to build up every single thing that you learn in your business gets built on top of each other. So it's, I mean, for you, it's the same way. It's a marathon. It's, there's nothing get rich quick anything because when you hit a roadblock, if it is get rich quick, you hit a roadblock, you're going to be broke uh, before, you know, maybe not broke, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, and that's the thing is people get attracted to real estate because there's big mm -hmm. paychecks in it, but they don't realize that those same wins when their losses are sometimes a year's salary that people don't have. So that's where it blows my mind that, you know, there's no other business that you would go into and think you're going to read a book or listen to somebody talk on a podcast and then go make hundreds of thousands of dollars right. without like any risk or anything. But for some reason, that's just the way people think. And, I, and I've always thought that was crazy. And from taking some big losses in my life, you know, that, you know, not, not only just, just financially, but, you know, personal injury stuff, you know, just life mm -hmm. things that hit you, you realize how time is short and those lessons, if you can cut the curve by, following people who've already made those mistakes. And you know, I call them black belts. They're not necessarily the people that can beat up everybody, but they're the person that has tried it every single way. And no, don't waste your time taking these beatings because I've already right. taken them. Do this and it's going to help you get there faster and safer. And to me, in any walk of life, that's an invaluable trait to follow. Well, that's a great point. I mean, half of it is what not to do as well, right? I mean, because let's say you got beat up, you go through an experience where um, um, you built a team in, in, I don't know, Missouri, doesn't matter, whatever it is. And then you got stung by a contractor. That's very common in our industry, right? Contractor took your money, they bailed. I mean, I made that mistake. You've probably made that mistake. It is what it is, but now you know what not to do. So if you could then give that to somebody else, then, hey, that's a huge lesson. You just save them 40, 50, $60,000 plus lawsuits and all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's just part of the game, but you, I mean, you nailed it, man. If you've, if you could actually look at that and take what not to do as well as what to do and put those together, you're going to be way step ahead. Well, you hit the nail on the head on, on real estate investing. You know, I know, I know I talk about, yeah, there's some, it is a marathon, right? But you could make a lot of money real quick in this business, right? You could, you could start today and make money tomorrow. This is probably one of the only industries that you can do that. 
but I just want to reiterate that you got to start building a business though while you make that that big money because there are going to be rainy days in this business. It's a great point. And I, I use the analogy a lot of time when people think about other businesses. I don't know countless other people that I talk to on a day-to-day basis that started an independent business, whether it's a gas station or a restaurant or, or a hair salon or whatever it is, that really did exceptional with it and scaled and growed and grew versus I talk to people literally every single day that are millionaires that grew a real estate business often from nothing. And I think the difference is you don't make your entire investment back with one hamburger or one haircut, whereas literally you do one decent deal, you could cover your overhead on your first transaction. And that's exciting. You know, that's where I think people are like, holy crap, even if it takes me six months to do my first deal and I make the same amount of money I made going to work every day and fighting traffic in this MSA, like it's a much better quality of life. And to me, that was always like the big thing that obviously, you know, your, your bar gets set higher and higher, you know? Oh yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. Cause we, uh, we helped Pat and I helped start a couple of coaching programs as well nationwide. And that's exactly what we look at. We look at, all right, we bring a student in while we're, while we're also investing ourselves and they'd be frustrated. They didn't make their money back in three, three months. I'm like, you kidding me? You know, just follow the process. It takes a little while. It's like when I bring a new acquisition person into our real estate company, it takes them about four to six months and then boom, they start making a lot of money, but it takes time. You got to have patience in this business because there's no other industry where, like you said, you could make one year salary in one deal, right? One year salary from a, a, let's say a job that they, they went and they jumped into real estate investing. You know, if you can make 40, $50,000 in one pop, I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So people have to, the more, the more we realize that, um, and it took me a little while, me personally, because my first deal, I made 32 grand. I was kind of a little, I didn't understand. I was like, oh, I, I got, you know, I made this money. However, um, there's a whole business side of it too, right? Now you have to start up, you know, you got to create marketing channels. Now you got to get your acquisition team. Now you got to get your dispo if you're in wholesaling. If you're in rehabbing, you got to get your contractors, right? So there's a lot of different departments that are in our business that we need. You know, for me personally, I use our, vir- our virtual assistants to actually drive all of the leads to our acquisition team. So I'm, I'm fortunate that I actually could use my own product and service in my business, but there's a lot of moving parts that happen. Um, that's why, and I know we're jumping around a little bit, but that's why, you know, signing up for coaching programs, I am a huge believer in, in, you know, getting education and, and signing. I don't have a coaching program. I'm just saying, um, <laughs> I truly believe everyone should get a mentor or some sort of coaching programs. I agree. I second that for sure. You know, I, I know people have probably heard me say it to death, but it's, it's been a huge piece for me, but I, I think a lot of what you just said and, and a lot of what's going on right behind you with Reva Global, this conversation to me is very timely because I'm going to, to try and keep scaling up my, my acquisitions business on the single family side. And like we were talking about, I've always been all over the country. So I never really had to build too deep of a team in one market with too many processes. Cause as you do a couple here, you do a couple here mm-hmm. and now I'm wholesaling a lot of commercial deals. So you, they're, they're not every day, they're bigger checks, but on the, on the acquisition side, for the single family business of just scaling and having consistency, you do have to have key players that you're training on these things. And it's been very hard the last six to 12 months with COVID, not necessarily because of what's going on, but I'm hearing across the board, a lot of people are having difficulty hiring good people. People don't want to show up to the interviews. They don't want to put the work in. It's a huge problem. So I hadn't really thought much of going with virtual assistance for a lot of these pieces until I just like the other day I fired somebody again and I was like, that's it. Like I have to do something different. (laughs) And it was like almost the day that I got the email of like, Hey, Reva global talk to Bob. He's doing all this stuff with VAs. And I was like, you know what? It's, it's time to look at this. And what I realized after listening to a lot of other people talk about it, they started reiterating a lot of preconceived notions of people think that VAs are stupid or they don't speak English or they can't get these things. They don't understand. So people tend to talk to them that way. And that's where a lot of the, the, the inconsistency of keeping them and building a team and building loyalty is, is there's really no faith or trust or respect on each side. And once I shifted my mind, I had a couple of calls with VAs for other stuff, not related to this. It was like marketing things and different stuff. And I remember there was a couple of moments there that were really like aha moments to me where I was having trouble verbalizing what I needed to her because of the mm-hmm. language barrier. And she was kind of like, stop talking. I got you. And like, just yeah. did it when I was watching. And I was like, ah, oh, like she knew what I was saying. She said it better than me. And then 
did what I needed without me even realizing I needed that in like 13 seconds. And I was like, this is what this can be if you have the right people and you set up the right parameters. So I definitely want to jump into deep on the virtual assistance part because I think it's going to be the next big thing. I mean, it's already pretty big, but it's a huge piece of my business for sure. And I'd like you to start out by speaking about just the preconceived notions that people have about what a virtual assistant is and is not. You know, I had the same preconceived notions, right? You think you're, you're, you know, you're talking to someone from India or you're talking to someone forever. We always think that the accent's going to be bad. Um, we're out of the Philippines and English is one of their primary languages. So a lot of people don't know that. They forget that. Um, and, and not everyone's created equal. Let's call it what it is. If you go from one person to the next to the next, same thing we hear in the United States, right? If I'm going to, if, if I'm going to interview uh, uh, 10 property managers or 10 acquisition people, every single one of them is different. Right. So you have to weed through that. We do that with Reva Global. We have a whole recruiting department set up. We have a training team set up, a placements and an operation team set up in the Philippines. So we have all of that set up too. So you don't have to weed through all of those applications. Right. So I think that's one of the important parts that we always look at. And and I would spend some time to, um, and and I'm going to bring up a point that you said, which is really important. the most successful businesses out there actually include their virtual assistants in their team meetings. Because a lot of people forget that just because they're not sitting in your office, they're not part of, they're not a big part of your team. You know, we have our virtual assistants that are driving. So we have cold callers, we have text messengers, we have follow-up specialists. We also have individuals that scrape, scrape pre-foreclosure leads and bring them and send them over and cold call them to gauge seller motivation. So we have virtual assistants in our own business that are doing all of those tasks to drive in leads, but you have to include them in your business, right? They're not just somebody outside there. The most successful individuals, like I said, have team meetings and they include them in there. That's great info. And and again, I think just the the culture of them feeling included makes them want to do more. And I I found myself guilty of it that I wasn't communicating with them enough. And since I've picked it up and just had some data, you know, even a a text message or two, a few times a day, just checking in and saying, do you need anything? I'm here for you. Just goes such a long way. You know, I, I, I agree with that stuff. So what was it that changed your business? When did you start actually utilizing virtual assistants for your business? Like what was the first few things you did? And and where was, where was the aha big moment for you of like, I have to do more of this. Yep. You know, it's interesting. So the reason why I started Riva Global is uh, Pat and I helped start a, a company called Fortune Builders. We were, our job was to create the coaching program from back end. So our buddies, Stan, Paul and Conrad, they're investing here in Connecticut and we were doing business together, flipping properties to each other. We we're doing a bunch of short sales and all that kind of good stuff. And they started Fortune Builders. They were going around, you know, going around different radio groups and building their list, et cetera. Um, and Pat and I were actually running a short sale coaching program. Kind of mentioned back in the days, 2005, 2006. Um, so they asked us for a little help on the back end. So Pat and I, our job was to create the coaching program. So we were dealing with, I don't even know, uh, going back from, let's say, 07 to 2013, probably, I don't know, 20, 30,000 students. And there was a common theme, not only in our own business, but a common theme was a lot of individuals were either working part-time, full-time, or extremely business or extremely busy to handle a lot of those tasks. So um, 2013, I actually got introduced to what a virtual assistant was. I didn't know, right? And then um, it's more, it was more prevalent on the real estate agent side. Uh, and then a light bulb kind of went on. And I was like, you know what? There's something there because we're always looking for some service or product out there for our students and not only our business, but our students. And um, I'm like, all right, there's something there. So 2014, launched my first virtual assistant company, but I tested it for two years to make sure it worked. Right, we would get V. I would get VAs in the Philippines, set up a um, a training team because we partner with another company, and uh, did all this different types of training on the real estate investing side, and then we kept uh, getting clients and clients and clients. Tested it for two years, and anything in, in business, I think it's, there's a proof of concept that it, you know you have to test stuff for it to be good, right? Make sure it worked, and then all of a sudden, you know, 2016 we really launched. But the point being is that. Um, you know, we really honed in on real estate investors. Now it's, you know, property managers, it's anything, real estate professionals, agents, et cetera. Um, we also have a medical division, but it's pretty interesting how we, how we did it. And then in my own business, so when I looked at it first, and this was different back in 2014, we didn't have all these online 
you know, you didn't have the, the prop streams of the world or the real flows of the world where you could pull down lists. But you had a list source, I think, um, a couple different a couple different things, but it was a little different. So I used my virtual assistants back in the day, mostly to build buyers lists, right, on that side of it. And then they would also do some cold calling. Today, um, the way we have it set up, can't remember how many, I'll give you the whole model if you're looking for a, a model of my own business, but we have, I think we have five to seven cold callers. Um, we also have text messengers and they drive leads to our acquisition team. So what I use our virtual assistants for is to gauge seller motivation. I want them to tell, or I want them to go through all of the, the homeowners, hey, you're interested in sell, you're interested in sell, you're interested in sell. And once they say yes, then it's our job, meaning our acquisition team's job to turn that into contracts, right? We also have, uh, I think we have, I could be off by some of these numbers, but we have like eight to 9,000 leads that are in our database. So we have a team of two VAs as well that go through, I think a lot of people call them lead managers that go through text messaging, calling, just to, just to re-engage them to see if they're still interested to sell. So boom, once they are, they get to transfer it over to our acquisition team. Um, and then, you know, they, it just keeps cycling. So we do wholesaling, wholetailing, all that kind of good stuff. That's awesome, man. So you're using, are, are your acquisitions guys VAs or are they trained oh. sales guys? Those, those are in-house. Oh. Yeah, so those are in-house, um, and I use. There's a lot of different sales training. I, I we we train our guys with Steve Trang. He's got some. I don't know if you know Steve. Great guy. He's been on the podcast. Yeah. Awesome guy. Very good. So I'm giving him a plug because he's. Um, I'm the type of person. If you ask me what what um, system process I use and it works, I will refer them. I like. It, I think that's the right thing because he's very very good and it's helped our sales team. So RVAs aren't front end, so they're doing all that heavy lifting to drive the leads over to our, our sales team, if you will. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And, you know, digging a little bit deeper into the weeds for your business were, you know, I, I guess across the board now, you have a good litmus test because you deal with so many investors with your company. Are you using the cold calls initially for a very light scrub or are you having them really dig into motivation or any of that stuff? You know, like like for, for me, I, I have them do just very basic are you interested? How soon? Awesome. Pass it off. Let somebody else do it. But I also know that a lot of other people do a lot more qualifications up front. I just want a yes. I want someone to say yes. And we'll get all information, how many beds, baths, all that kind of stuff. Why are you selling? So then now our acquisition team has a list of things. They're not doing huge, huge deep dives because I don't want them to do that. I want our acquisition team to what they're trained on from Steve Trang to then peel back the onion, turn that into profit. Because and, and there's a lot of misconceptions, you know, there's some, I don't know, some individuals out there that say, oh, you should use a VA to close deals. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's your, it's our job. I mean, I, I, I may be different than other, you know, other people out there, but I know I've tried, I've tried virtual assistants in anything, right. In every part of our business. And I use them for what they're best of it's gauging seller motivation to then pass it off to your trained sales team, right? So that, again, I may be looking at it a different way, but I've, you know, I use virtual assistants for anything in my business. So, um, you know, I got a pretty good, pretty good handle on, on, you know, what they're best used for, right? That's awesome. So switching to that, I know you, you, you've been saying that you guys specialize in helping out the fatigued entrepreneur. And I think, at any day, any time, all of us at some point feel like a fatigued entrepreneur and trying to find people to help out with that is great to build teams and do different stuff. So how, what types of typical positions are you guys bringing on VAs for real estate investors? And then what, what's the training look like? So like, let's say I say, Hey guys, I need a couple of cold callers. I need a couple of SMS guys. Are we set up? Do you train them? Do I train them? How familiar are they with different systems and CRMs? Like, well, what does the process look like for somebody looking yeah. now to use you guys to bring in for their business? Yeah, great question. I mean, there's so many different systems out there. I always say it's the 80-20 rule, right? We'll, we'll train them on cold calling, building buyers lists, skip tracing, running comps, all of those things. That's 80%. But you may use Podio or someone may use Left Main or someone may use different real flow. There's so many different systems out there that who knows what they're going to use. So we only have training. We have a little bit of Podio training. We have Left Main training. We, we just can't encompass everything different type of, you know, uh, CRM out there. Uh, but we have the main, I, I always call it the 80, 20 rule, right? 80% are trained on about 80% and 20% is whatever specific to you or me. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it makes total sense. That, that's yep. more than fair. You, you said you can keep yourself very busy just learning a CRM, the ins and outs of that. Um, yeah. So for, for building acquisitions teams, you guys, like normally, what do you have? Uh, like VAs, I know cold calling, SMS, pulling lists, are using them at all for dispo? Um, do you have options for, you know, like for me, uh, let's say podcast, yeah. I want people to do social media, or like ed web, web editing, things like that. So talk about some of the things within real estate that yeah. VA could be helpful for, and then some maybe uh, supplementary tasks that would maybe be corresponding with, but not exactly the same as dispositions and acquisitions. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. I mean, you, you could be very creative in everything you do. If you have clients that, that are property managers, I have one client that has 16 virtual assistants and, and he has a wholesaling company. He's got a turnkey company. He's got a, uh, a cash flow product company as well. And he has a podcast and they're all in each one of his businesses. So on the whole wholesaling side, you know, there's, um, there's lead generation, right? There's follow-up. There's also transaction coordinating as an example, right? So we have a lot of clients that use virtual assistants as, as transaction coordinators. Also on the real estate agent side, right? There's prospecting. That, that's the most prospecting, uh, transaction coordinating, social media management, posting. Um, and I use virtual assistants in our business. We have a podcast called Friday Coffee Break as well. But we have VAs posting all the time. Um, I have a virtual assistant for my own business that posts on, you know, Instagram, posts on Facebook. And it's funny, I get, I get comments a couple of times from my buddies, oh, great post. I'm like, what was just posted? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know. But anyway, so there, there's a, a laundry list of stuff. Um, my wife launched uh, a company on the medical side. So we have like over 100 virtual assistants, soon to be 150 on the medical side, doing prior authorizations, triage, taking incoming calls. Uh, property management side as an example, um, you know, taking incoming calls because, you know, a lot of the buildings that you may own or on syndication side, um, you know, there's going to be no matter what you're going to have probably if you have a hundred unit building it could be a hundred calls at one time, right? You're not going to take those calls on your cell phone. You're going to want to parse those out. And then once they go to a VA, they, they, they can then triage them to maintenance or if it's a leasing question, lease renewal, whatever that is. We have some bigger uh, management companies too that use us. I don't know if people appreciate what you just said about that from a <laughs> business owner's perspective, especially that one thing of, you know, like you said, I, I have a website, I have all these different places that there's messages coming in and, and people want to talk for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And like most of the time I can't even get to them. So having somebody to go and scrub those things and then somebody else to direct the call to, to figure out. Is this somebody who's pitching something I'm not even interested in? Is this somebody that's going to completely waste my time? Or is this actually a good opportunity that I want to hear about? Just that piece, I think, is such a huge part of being able to get some time back and have some efficiency that you're not missing opportunities because they pile up quick, man. When you start putting yourself out there, everybody's reaching out for stuff and they wind up in spam. And so I think that that part is huge. That's definitely one of the next pieces that I'm looking to, to implement is having like that go-to person. But for somebody who's sitting at home right now and they're trying to figure out, okay, I, I want to hire out everything. Where do I start? What would your advice be on what to determine to delegate out to a VA first? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So what I would do is I would, I would take my calendar um, and I would just see, take a step back, look what you've done the last three weeks and all of those tasks. If you don't have that, I would do um, what's called a time in motion. So start today and start documenting everything you're doing from nine to five or nine to whatever. And you'll start realizing there's some non-producing tasks that you have to get off your plate that are just, you know, you, every time you look at the task, you go, oh, I know I need to do it. But in social media is a perfect example, right? Um, let's say, you know, I go to a, I see a court or I see someone do a, a training on uh, posting every day and the benefits of why you should post every day. Well, if you're like me, what happens is you start posting on Monday, you post on Tuesday, you post on Thursday or Wednesday, and then all of a sudden your buddy calls you and wants to play golf or something. So now Thursday or whatever, maybe you had too much to drink the night before. I don't know. Just, so who knows? But there's life comes up, right? You may have something to do with your kids or whatever it is. And then next day you don't post. And then you don't post on Friday because, eh, why Friday? Because it's, you know, you already did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Before you know it, it gets easy not to do those things. So it's a per that's a perfect kind of task to outsource because we know in our business, branding is huge. You want to be out there all the time. You got to post something because you need to make sure that you're relevant every day.
If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. You know, I, I think you're touching on an important piece in everything, whether it's jujitsu or business or life, mm -hmm. but I think consistency is really a big piece. And, and I just was talking to Frank McKinnon and he, he was talking about how every day, like the motivation washes away and you got to keep pushing and pushing it. And I yeah. think that that's a big piece where virtual assistants can help you with is just keeping that consistency. And if you can have somebody help you keep consistent, then you can start to build momentum. Once you build the momentum, that's when you start to get excited to get on the phone and talk to people and, you know, deals start to close and money starts coming in. So, you know, it, it all ties together very nicely, but on that side of it, how often, like what, what is the communication like? So you, you hire, I mean, you have hundreds now, so I'm sure you have yep. VAs that probably matters the VAs, but what is, what's like the big picture look like? Do you have people in your system and then you have a manager training them and then we speak to the manager or, you know, what, yep. what does day to day look like? Oh, very good question. So what happens when we have a new client come on, right? Let's just say he's there, Bob, um, I'm looking to get started right now. All right, cool. What happens in the back end? We have a recruiting and sourcing team that recruits every single day. So they're sifting through applications or doing a lot of different systems checks, make sure they have the right system, you know, that's all set up. And then as soon as they pass our three to four point check, they go onto our training team and they train for three to four weeks. And as soon as they pass, they have a scorecard. They take a test to make sure that they pass. Then they go through a predictive index. And then we also do disk profiling. And then they're given to our placements team. And our placements team is, is kind of like match.com where they're going to match up somebody with the skill set that you need with a client. So that's where they, you know, you, you match up the perfect match for you. And then you get, you then uh, get pushed over to our, operations team so you have a, what's called a client service manager that manages the relationship between you and your you and your uh, virtual assistant and then you know you're ready to go that's awesome man i love to hear that kind of stuff so it is nice though are they giving you like as far as kpis are you telling them these are the things that you should be reporting or is that up to whoever hires them to say here's what i need you to be reporting and that are they yeah. giving that to you on like a, a daily basis an hourly basis yeah. or weekly basis Yep. So we have a, our client service manager does a, an upfront, we'll call it meet and greet. And then we go over some of the, some of the end of day report or start of the reports and end of day reports that we have. And we find out, Hey, if you're cold calling, what kind of metrics do you want? Here's typically, you know, what Bob does in his office, let's just say, right. The, here we have a, a list of things that we will keep track of. Do you want to add anything to it? So we give you a, you know, a baseline to start from and add on to it. So we have a 90 day success plans too. we offer. Nice, man. And then, so, you know, I, I've heard you talk about some tips on how to make sure that your teams are hitting those KPIs. So I'd love to hear for anybody listening, I'm sure at some point or another, like anybody, people are people. And sometimes, you know, good players become bad or they go in a slump or the, whatever it is. So what are some tips and tricks that you have for making sure that you keep the team engaged, inspired and on track for their goals? Yeah, daily checkings, like you said, right? I mean, you have to do daily checkings. Send them a message during the day. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? You could also, we have a lot of clients that actually look in, let's say you're doing cold calling, right? We have a lot of clients that look into whatever dialer they have. Maybe it's Mojo or whatever kind of dialer they have to see what, what numbers are being hit and then how many connects are being connected. Um, our virtual assistants always also do an end of day report. So then you know exactly what happened just in case you're busy and you couldn't reach out to them. Um, they also have their client service manager on top of them that look at the end of day reports every day to see if there's anything that's off or anything that's missed. So um, that's a really important part. Just a second, uh, second kind of level of management. I think that that's awesome, man. So on the, on the pricing side of it, I think that that's another piece that, especially when you get good quality people, mm -hmm. a lot of businesses 
they look at people as an expense rather than an investment. And mm -hmm. I think that that's another appealing thing, but I don't think that they value a lot of the time what the capabilities are of VAs because of the price points that they charge. You almost think if it's, if they're this cheap, they can't be that good. And that's obviously the wrong thinking and investing in those people is an important piece. So I'd love to hear a little bit about like an average. I know it probably depends on the task and stuff, but you know, on average, what does it cost hourly for VAs? And then extra things in there, like bonusing them when they get good leads or mm -hmm. things like that to just go the extra mile to keep them loyal and keep them happy. Like any, any tips for that kind of stuff? Yeah. So we keep everything standard. It's $10 and 60 cents an hour. We keep it very, very standard. Any bonus that you want to give, um, you, it goes right to your VA. Uh, we, we do all the HR behind it because we, we um, also pay for their insurance, et cetera. So we, we manage all that. 100% of bonuses go to your team, go to your VA. Uh, so for instance, we, we have a different kind of level of us. So a lot of our text messaging VAs, uh, they get some very, very good bonuses. So every time we close a deal, we send them a bonus right away, but it's very, very standard. We keep it very simple. Um, we spend a lot of time and we put a lot of, a lot of emphasis on our service and also on training behind the scenes as well. I think that that's outstanding, man. So, you know, starting out for people that are, that are looking for building out teams, who do you recommend being on a team, being somebody that successfully run a real estate business? Like what, what should a, you know, first year person starting out, what should their team look like? Yeah. So, you know, if you're by yourself, you got to build off of that. Right. And there's nothing wrong with it. Some individuals, they want to either a partner right away or they want to hire a, an acquisition person. So if it's in-house, what I would do if I'm starting today, um, I like working with people. I may be a little different. I know some people um, like working by themselves. I personally do not like working by myself. Um, I've had partners all my life. Um, some worked out well, some not so well. Right. But it's part of it's part of the game. Right. Um, so I would I would find an individual that pushes you every day. So whether that is a, a main acquisition person, but that's where I would start with. Then I would start building my team with virtual assistants and find out what tasks that you need done first. If it is helping with lead generation, guess what? You need to do that. If it's helping with uh, social media branding or posting or running comps, start with that. Uh, if it's helping with making offers, I would start with that. But again, everyone's in a different level. Um, but if you're working part-time or full-time, you can't have a business unless you have leads coming in. So I would start, you know, on the lead generation side because, you know, I, I won't even have a business unless I have leads to actually call. I completely second that, man. I'm, I'm totally in that boat of all these things people worry about. What about my contract? What if he does this? What about the lender? What like, did you call anybody for a deal? Do you even have so none of that matters until you have a property? Because you know, I'm I'm I always like to say I'm a game day guy. So on game day, when you actually have a property, are these people going to perform? Because every team member that you have, in theory, you're really not going to know if they're telling you the truth until you have an actual property for them to go out and say, "Look, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do," which is really where you're going to see the separation before somebody who says they're doing a good job versus doing a good job. So it all comes down to that lead generation. So I do a thousand percent agree with you. And I think that starting with a, a virtual assistant to get out, off the ground is a, an affordable way to maybe not break the bank, but you can still feel like you're now opening up the time for the other stuff. So I, I think that that's great advice moving forward. Yeah. I just want to add to that. And I know I didn't cover this, but um, it first starts with a list, right? If you're pulling it down from, I don't know a list provider that, that you guys use, Nick, but uh, there's a lot of good list providers out there that you can pull down a list. We actually use kind of funny. Um, I get this question all the time. Hey, do you list stack? Do you, you know, do you find out how many leads are on different, you know, different motivating lists, whether it's pre-foreclosure, tax liens, whatever. I don't do any of that right now, just because the time Meaning, you know, the properties have appreciated so much that I have no idea what your motivation is, my motivation, or someone else's motivation to sell is. So I just go anyone that's to own the, own the property for over two years, because a lot of different areas of property has, you know, has appreciated. So I do, as an example, my area, I kind of, I kind of mess around with some numbers, but I'll do a max uh, value, let's say 350 or under in some areas, uh, buck 50 or under some areas, um, you know, two bed, two to three beds, one, one to two baths as an example, <clears throat> because I'm, I'm focusing on areas where I have buyers and on the wholesale side. On the buy and hold side, I'm doing pretty much the same thing. If I'm going to go after multifamilies, one to four units, I'll do the same thing. But right now I'm doing two plus years. That, that's really the big takeaway there because um, properties are appreciated. Some people know, some people don't know. That's great advice. 
Yeah. There's equity in places there wouldn't have been before with such a short amount of holdings. Yep. So yep. It's very small. We, we just closed on a sub two for somebody who bought it two years ago yeah. that I think probably maybe the reason we didn't get that is because people are not pulling those types of lists. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's definitely great advice that I can attest yeah. to. Um, as far as um, the, the stuff you guys are doing now, what type of marketing channels? I know you said you're doing SMS, but what other ways are you doing direct mail? Are you doing any PPC, any you know Facebook leads? What kind of stuff are you guys doing for deals? Right now, we're just doing cold calling, text messaging, and direct mail. We turned off our direct mail um, for a little while. We're just ramping it back up. I think the second week of November, we just ordered $12,000 worth of direct mail. So, um, But we put that on pause because we're getting too many leads and we're inundated where our, where our acquisition guys can't keep up. So, um, and that's one of the things you got to be careful of because when you have an acquisition team and you have leads that keep coming in, what's, what happens is they start cherry picking them <laughs> and they're like, well, we need more leads. We need more leads. I'm like, what are you talking about? We just had 15 that came in yesterday and another 16 in today. So it's, you just gotta, it, it, that's part of managing your sales team as well. Right. So you gotta, you gotta be very aware of that stuff. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real Mackenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, -E to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, -E to the number 833-632-0585. 0585 for your free online drum lesson. I think that that's great advice, man. So what's coming up next? What's going on with Reva Global? What, where do you guys see you guys expanding? How can our audience work with you and help you guys now? Yeah, absolutely. So we're expanding every day. We're, um, we've been very fortunate um, on what's going on. Obviously, COVID's not a good thing, but for our business and some businesses out there, it's been, it's been very good. Um, I mean, COVID's been fantastic to the real estate industry let's call it what it is investors whatever type of investors it's been very good um it's actually been very good to the investors that understand how to find deals not the investors that don't know how to find deals meaning they don't implement you know consistent you said that earlier consistent cold calling texting following up those are the things that um have been very advantageous to real estate investing but uh for Rio global we're um we're in a good spot right now. We we grow on a um, we grow on a consistent basis, like you said. And, and you know, for any business, you got to be careful. Whether it's real estate investing, it's buying and holding. It doesn't matter what it is. You got to grow on a consistent basis. If you grow too fast, you're going to implode, right? It just in any type of business. So we've done a very good job of really building our our foundation for Riva Global, and then building on top of that foundation because. You know, there's a lot of moving parts in any type of business. Um, you know, we're actually on the, I'm going to, I'm going to flip on the real estate investing side too. Uh, my business partner and I decided that we're going to start buying and holding now. We're flipping a bunch, but we're also going to kind of, you know, I'm looking back at 2004 and I was talking to Pat Freeport. I'm like, dude, I would have, I would have killed to go back and just, you know, just held a bunch of stuff because we'd be in a different position now because, you know, now I'm on a, I'm on a really acquisition side of it. So we're starting to buy and holding, but that is also, you got to be careful because you could also implode there. If you buy too many properties at once, it's going to take you a year to reposition those properties. If you're going to buy and hold them as an example. So you could buy too many rehabs at a time. You could buy, there's a lot of stuff that you can do. So the point of all that is you really got to consistently keep building and do it in the, in, in the proper speed, if you will. I think that that's extremely smart advice that everybody needs to. They think they need to be rich tomorrow and then they yeah. go too big and they, they can't balance it and it just becomes a mess. So I think that there's something to say for quality of life there too. When you grow too big, maybe you're making more yeah. money. You know, how, how's your relationship with your spouse? Not so well right now. So I think that that's great stuff. You know, you also touched on something that I wanted to make sure I asked. So the texting side of stuff, you have people doing that. 
How are you adjusting to some of the new regulations with uh, you know, the texting protocols? Yeah, we're working with a company that actually is working with um, the individuals that are making those rules. So, you know, we limit to how many text messages a day. We limit the messages. There's spam words you can't use. So we're actually working with uh, one of the top uh, uh, companies out there to work behind the scenes to make sure that we fit within those rules. And the rules are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But um, I think it's important to work with the right people to stay within, you know, that limit. Um, again, we don't spam. I don't send out 50,000 text messages, right? We send, we, I send out like a max of about 500 a day. That's good advice. Yeah. And then this has been very, very helpful. I really appreciate it. I like to call this the victory lap where we wrap things up kind of a nice little bow at the end here. Uh, you've been great with your time. I think this is outstanding information. Uh, one of the first questions I have is what is your, what are your favorite quotes? Um, actually, the quote is right here. Uh, it is, let me see here. The most important qualification for becoming a champion is an intense burning desire. I love that. That's awesome. Yep. What would you say is one of your biggest mistakes as a real estate investor? Shiny object syndrome. Uh, <laughs> lost $150,000 on a knockdown rebuild in Greenwich, Connecticut. And uh, I'll tell you what not to do. Don't do that. I was outside. I never did a knockdown rebuild. We got sold into a can't miss deal. Guess what? If anyone tries to sell you and a can't miss deal, it is a crappy deal. Run. I love that. Coming from the real estate education side, this is an interesting one for you. What would you say to somebody that wants to go into this business? They hate what they're doing. They, they want a better life for their family, but they can't take this next step because they have an unsupportive spouse or business partner. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's an interesting one, but you, I mean, in life, you got to be happy. Here's the way I look at it. I mean, not everybody is going to be supportive of you every single phase of your life. So you have to then, I mean, my opinion, you have to possibly push through that and, and invest in that, let's say, education program. And before you know it, once you get that first deal, second deal, you'll turn them into believers. It's not easy. And, and we've dealt with, you know, hundreds of, I don't know how many coaching students have heard that all the time, uh, very often. Um, it's not easy. I'll be honest. It's not easy, but you have to do it. I personally think you have to do it. I never would have gotten into this business if uh, if I didn't have that mindset and put the blinders on and have real belief in in me being able to do it. Because I would have gotten pushed to go back to school and had you know I would not be here today on this podcast. So it's unbelievable, like you said, how many times I've heard that that somebody comes in one day and then they show up the next day and it's like husband or, or wife and it's like, well, what do they do? Well, they don't do anything. Well, why do they think it's so risky? Well, they talked to a guy who knew somebody who had an uncle once that tried real estate. It's like, yeah, you people everywhere that are making money every day, you're going to listen to the one guy who lost something. So it's an interesting <laughs> mindset. You know, I think people are fascinating overall. I'm always like scratching my head like, man, it's so crazy. But, you know, following up last couple of questions here. One, what advice would you give to a younger you today? Uh, I would say... Um consistency is key. There's no get rich quick, anything. Just look at it as a marathon. You're not going to make all the money today. You got to look, you got to look one year, two years, five years, 10, 15 years out. And it takes time. You look at all of the, the, the wealthy individuals out there, you know, we're, we're, we're marking a lot here in Connecticut and we get individuals that have 600 units and they bought back in the day. We were talking about back in, you know, after OA crash, they bought properties for $30,000, $40,000, and their cash flow now is hundreds of thousand dollars a month. So I would start and say, listen, real estate markets, they go like this. Just consistently buy. You will still get good deals today, right? Buying and holding is, is key while you flip and do all this other stuff. I love that, man. I think that that's very wise words, especially for anybody. I can feel like I keep hearing it every day that somebody's like, hey, these properties that I bought, when everybody was saying run, now of like two, $300,000 in equity in it. So it's uh, real estate can be very forgiving if you're patient. So I, I agree with that a thousand. So final stuff here, how do people find you? Social media, Reva Global, Bob Chance. So I've always all things to work with you, to connect with you. Yeah, just uh, I'm on Facebook, RevaGlobal.com. We have a podcast called Friday Coffee Break. You can send me an email, Bob at RevaGlobal, R-E-V-A Global.com. And yeah, we're on Instagram too. And yeah, all over the place. Awesome, man. And for anybody listening in the show notes, I will have all of the links and on our website, I'm going to put up a link to your, to your company as well. So people would just go click along and uh, hopefully this helps 
get somebody uh, along their journey and get some good reliable people in place and hopefully connect you with some good real estate people as well. Any final thoughts before I let you go? Uh, just get started and uh, keep going. I think consistency is a good kind of theme that we've been talking talking about a while. And um, you know what? Don't listen to naysayers either. Keep going. Um, hard work is is you know will will create uh, positive things in your life. So that's that's about it. That's a great place to close. You sir definitely bring your A game to everything you do. I appreciate you coming on and being so generous with your time and your experience. Thanks, Nick. Thank you.